Section 25 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 25. Monday, 14. This was a day of rest to my fatigued frame, and of consolation to my immortal part. On Tuesday there was great decency in the congregation at Annapolis, though Satan, by his emissaries, had raised an opposition. But Israel's God is above them all. Wednesday, 16. God was with us, and the people were happy at Mr. M's. On my way I called and dined with Mr. R, who gave great attention to my explanatory and pointed conversation on the new birth. Riding after preaching to R.P.'s, my chase was shot through, but the Lord preserved my person. The war is now at such a height that they are pressing men for the sea service. Thursday, 17. One of our society died of a disorder in the throat and lungs, with only one day's illness. Such is the precarious tenure of life. But blessed are they that die in the Lord." May I always have my loins girded about, and my light burning, waiting for the will of my Lord. God has displayed great wisdom and goodness in hiding future events from man, that we may live without that painful anxiety which we should be apt to feel if we knew the hour of our death, and that we may be always ready to meet the unknown period. Saturday, 19. My soul was much blessed at R.S.'s, in preaching from the divine expostulation, Why Will Ye Die? Mr. I.D. invited me to lodge at his house, and treated me with great kindness. Lord's Day 20 After preaching at Mr. W.'s, I rode about twenty miles to lodge with a friend. But seeing a boy plowing by the roadside, my conscience smote me for breaking the Sabbath, by riding when there was no real necessity for it. Monday 21 my heart was comforted in the company of an old friend. But on Tuesday Satan raged against my soul, as if he would immediately destroy it. But my divine protector is too strong for him. The Lord visited and blessed my soul in the evening, while I was describing the faithful and wise servant. Wednesday, 23. I found myself very unwell on my going to T.W.'s, but my spirit was at liberty in preaching. Though still unwell, I rode twenty miles to I.W.'s on Thursday, and was blessed with a tranquil mind by the way. Satan cast several infernal darts at my soul, but I was enabled to repel them by the shield of faith and the power of prayer. Saturday, 26. A very genteel, polite company assembled at Annapolis, and though I spoke with great plainness, they bore it well. Lord's Day, 27. After meeting the congregation at the Widow D's, I found a large company at Annapolis, who gave good attention to me, but I fear they were not disposed to give their hearts to God. My mind has been grieved at some who call themselves friends to religion and to the Methodists. But alas, how blind and ignorant is the unchanged mind of man! How little does he consider what will please or displease his Maker! I still desire to have every action, word, thought, and desire 
entirely devoted to God. Lord, hasten the much-wished-for hour. Thou my life, my treasure be, my portion here below. Nothing would I seek but thee, thee only would I know. Monday, 28. About two hundred careless-looking people came to hear the word at Pig Point. They seemed entire strangers to such a doctrine, so some laughed and others wept. I rode fifty miles in going and coming to preach that sermon, but hope it was not altogether labor lost. Friday, May 2. At Mr. R.'s I spoke closely and pointedly for the last time during this visit, then rode through the rain and darkness to Mr. W.'s, and felt my heart sweetly melted with gratitude and thanksgiving to God. On Monday I went to S.T.'s and met my brethren at the Frederick Quarterly Meeting, where we were favored with the divine blessing. Wednesday, 7. A letter came to hand from Mr. J., which gave us hopes that there would be another revival in Virginia. He also advised us to take no immature steps which might have a tendency to alter our plan. After preaching the next day at R.S.'s, T.D. invited me to his house. I found that he and his wife were seeking to be justified by the deeds of the law, and I labored with undissembled freedom to convince them of their error. But it appeared to be labor in vain. Saturday, 10. At Annapolis the congregation was small, and so was my power to preach. My soul has been kept in a calm and comfortable frame, but panting for more constant fervor towards God. Lord's Day, 11. Many attended at the Widow D's to hear what I would say on my departure. I spoke from Acts 13.46, and many seemed much affected. The congregation was also large at Annapolis, where I spoke in plain terms to the rich and the gay on our Lord's awful account of the rich man and Lazarus. They behaved well, and some were desirous to know if I intended to come again. Monday 12. Set out for our yearly conference, and having preached at Mr. P.'s, by the way, came safe to Mr. G.'s, and was glad to see the preachers who were there. We had some weighty conversation on different points, and among other things it was asked whether we could give our consent that Mr. R. should baptize, as there appeared to be a present necessity. But it was objected that this would be a breach of our discipline, and it was not probable that things would continue long in such a disordered state. The next day, with great harmony and joint consent, we drew a rough draft for stationing the preachers the ensuing year, and on Friday we conversed on the propriety of signing certificates avouching good conduct for such of the preachers as chose to go to Europe. But I cannot see the propriety of it at this time. We also conversed on such rules as might be proper for the regulation of the preachers who abide on the continent. And it was judged necessary that a committee should be appointed to superintend the whole and on Monday we rode together to attend the conference at Deer Creek. So greatly has the Lord increased the number of traveling preachers within these few years, that we have now twenty-seven who attend the circuits, and twenty of them were present at this conference. Both our public and private business was conducted with great harmony, peace, and love. Our brethren who intend to return to Europe have agreed to stay till the way is quite open. I preached on the charge which our Lord gave his apostles, 
Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, and harmless as doves. Our conference ended with a love feast and watch night. But when the time of parting came, many wept as if they had lost their firstborn sons. They appeared to be in the deepest distress, thinking, as I suppose, they should not see the faces of the English preachers any more. This was such a parting as I never saw before. Our conference has been a great time, a season of uncommon affection. And we must acknowledge that God has directed, owned, and blessed us in the work. A certificate, as mentioned above, had been acceded to, and signed in the conference. Lord's Day 25 My soul was quickened in preaching at the Bush Chapel. I lodged at Mr. D.'s, and the next day collected my writings and letters, in order to preserve them. On Tuesday went to Mr. G.'s, and on Wednesday began to read regularly Mr. Wesley's notes. Thursday 29 We had a profitable meeting at Gunpowder Neck and on Friday I returned to preach at Mr. G.'s, where we had a small but warm congregation. Saturday, 31. The spirit of grace was with me, but I longed for a more active life, to be constantly employed in bringing souls to God. Lord's Day, June 1. The Lord enlarged my heart, and opened a door of utterance, while preaching to a numerous congregation at the Forks and there were some among them who had for a long time been detained by prejudice from hearing us. But I could not find the same liberty at Mr. G.'s in the latter part of the day. Tuesday 3 As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, though I have been at times sorely beset by temptations. But shall I ever yield to the tempter, and sin against my Lord? No. In the strength of Jesus, no. Thursday 5. Having been ten days off and on at Mr. G.'s, I set out today for I.C.'s, and preached by the way at P.H.'s. On Friday I laid aside my wig, and began to use the cold bath for my health, and rode as far as Mrs. R.'s, who was a mother in Israel, and both a friend and mother to me. After many heavy trials, my soul was comforted, but earnestly desirous of more purity and fellowship with God. Saturday 7. Some seemed to feel the weight of divine truths at Risterstown, and on the Lord's Day my heart was melted and expanded towards the people at Brother C's. Monday 9. I met Brother G.S. at Mr. C's and preached on Acts 16, 30, 31 then called to see a sick person, and returned to Brother C's. Wednesday, 11. I preached in town on these affecting words, How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? And on Thursday, entering my circuit at Mr. P's, we had a heart-affecting season, and a few joined the society. Friday, 13. We had great harmony and love in our increasing society at ours. Lord's Day, 15. There was a large, attentive audience in a schoolhouse on Elk Ridge, where I preached with usual energy and affection on Amos 4.11, and hope the time of favoring the souls of both rich and poor is now approaching. 
but after so great a blessing, Satan, as if moved with envy, attempted to wound me with his fiery darts. This was probably permitted by my gracious Lord, lest I should be exalted above measure. Brother G. S. came to accompany me into Virginia to fetch our clothing and books. Monday, 16. We set out and rode to S.T.'s, where we received this strange relation. A person in the form of a man came to the house of another in the night. The man of the house asked what he wanted. He replied, This will be the bloodiest ear that ever was known. The other asked how he knew. His answer was, It is as true as your wife is now dead in her bed. He went back and found his wife dead. But the stranger disappeared. On Monday we went to Brother A.M.'s, and on Wednesday to B.F.'s, a kind man, but his ideas of religion were confused. Thursday we rode to Leesburg, and found that Brother B.L.E. had just departed from this world of trouble and danger. My spirit was much drawn out towards God and the souls of the people, while preaching on Matthew 24, 45, etc. Tuesday we went on to Frederick, where I showed the people the danger of postponing their duties to God, from Amos 4.11. The next day we rode forty-five miles to Risterstown, and came in about seven o'clock. Wednesday, 25. By invitation, I visited I.D., who was very ill, and hope it will be followed by the operations of the Holy Spirit, and prove a permanent blessing to his soul. Then rode on to I.W.'s, and found myself unwell, but happy in God. Friday, 27. I went to Mr. H.'s, and intended to preach in Annapolis, but there was no house open for me. The next day two of the members of the assembly promised to use their influence in procuring me a house to preach in, but expected they could not succeed. Alas! What have I done? Whose ox or ass have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? But the Lord permits it to be so. Therefore I peaceably submit, and will not fear the face of man, nor even a prison, while employed in the cause of God and of truth. However, contrary to my expectation, I preached in the church, though the congregation was small, and the soldiers made a great noise before the door. I then concluded to preach the next time in the commons. But the rain which fell the next day prevented me, and there were but few people at Mrs. D.'s. Tuesday, July 1. The Lord blessed me with joy and peace in believing, and I was enabled to cast all my care upon him. On Tuesday I went to Mr. P.'s, about twenty miles, and have been much delighted in reading Dr. Watts's treatise on the rest of separate spirits, and Mr. Baxter's Saint's Rest. In these books we find the marrow of Methodism, that is, pure religion, and sound doctrine which cannot be condemned. Wednesday 2. Satan still manifesteth a desire to sift me as wheat, but the Lord supports me and fills me with peace. A lowering cloud hangs threatening over our heads, but all my trust is in the Lord, who hath stood by and preserved me for many years, and will stand by me still. Thursday 3. I rode about twelve miles and preached a funeral sermon on the death of Mr. W. It was a very affecting time, both to me and the congregation. 
but after I had read the rules in the society, I told them my doubts, and communicated my ideas of the approaching troubles, which produced a great melting amongst them. Saturday 5. I had some conversation with Mr. M. Y., but it was to no purpose, for he was still inflexible. Perhaps I have been too forward in taking his part before, and now he requites me for it. Lord's Day 6. There was a very serious congregation in the forenoon, where I enforced our Lord's affectionate declaration, Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven. But in the latter part of the day, about eleven miles distant from the other place, the people seemed to be stupid and inattentive. As I have thought bacon was prejudicial to my health, I have lately abstained from it, and have experienced the good effects of this economy. My soul has been kept in great purity, and ardent pantings after more of God. Monday 7. In the evening D.R. and Brother H. came and brought me some account of the preachers, whom I love in the bowels of Christ, with much affection. We spent the next day together in love, and to edification. And on Wednesday they set out for Virginia, and I for Annapolis. My spirit was somewhat dejected, by the way, with a fear that the people would reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, to their own destruction. But these matters must be left to the Lord, who will judge the world in righteousness. I met a very insensible company at Mr. C.'s, and labored to fasten the truth on their hearts, from Malachi 3.7, but it appeared to be labor in vain. Thursday 10. They received me at Mr. H.'s better than I expected, and some were touched by the power of grace. There was an opportunity on Friday of speaking, at least to the judgment of some rich and honorable men, on Psalm 4, 6, 7. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. My heaviness of spirit was almost removed, and my soul was free and happy in God. Lord's Day 13 Though I spoke closely and plainly at Mrs. D.'s, yet the audience did not seem properly to understand me. I had intended to preach in the commons this afternoon, but the rain prevented it, so I preached to a few desirous souls at Mr. H.'s. But my spirit is grieved within me, to see such multitudes of people in these parts so forgetful of God, and filled with the spirit and conversation of this world. Poor souls, if they were only convinced of their sinful and lost estate, their disposition and conversation would be immediately changed. My work at present is very heavy. It is chiefly among unawakened people. I have devised what I could to bring them to God, and know not what new method to take. May the Lord take the work into his own hand. Monday, 14. There were forty or fifty, chiefly women, to hear the word at Annapolis, to whom I showed, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Though I spoke freely, yet but few of them seemed to feel it. On Tuesday my soul was under deep exercises. I am often purposing to pursue, 
with greater ardor, the summit of holiness, but still come short. Wednesday, 16. At a place ten miles from Annapolis, there was some melting of heart under the word. I afterward met the class, and then returned with my mind fixed on God, and sweet nearness of soul to Him. Thursday, 17. The Spirit of the Lord was with me in preaching at Mr. P.'s, and there was a great moving among the society. Blessed be God for all things. My body has been in tolerable health, and my soul frequently refreshed with the dew of heavenly grace. My meditations in the Hebrew Bible have afforded me great pleasure. This is the book I study for improvement. Lord's Day 20 Both at the schoolhouse, where I called on the people to consider their ways, from Haggai 1, 5, and at Mr. R.'s, where I showed them, from Ezekiel 33, 31, how many of old time heard the word of the Lord, but did it not. There was very little appearance of anything more than attention, though I never labored more earnestly to do good. It seems as if a judicial stupidity in spiritual things prevails among them. Monday, 21. Heard Mr. Rankin preach his last sermon. My mind was a little dejected, and I now felt some desire to return to England, but was willing to commit the matter to the Lord. There was a large congregation, and some prospect of good things at Mr. S.'s, where I told the people, from the authority of Jesus Christ, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3. Wednesday, 23. God was still my object and my hope. But I have lamented my backwardness in doing good by private conversation, which is in a great measure owing to the natural bashfulness of my disposition. After visiting some poor people to pray and talk with them on the important subject of their salvation, I rode to seas at the head of South River. But it is a miserable, stupid, careless neighborhood, so I bid it farewell. Thursday, 24. There were many gay and giddy-looking folks to hear the word of the Lord, and a few of them were serious and affected. Poor souls, they are real objects of pity. Both their education and the circle of their acquaintance have a tendency to make them forget their latter end, and to bend all the strength of their minds to present objects. Friday, 25. We kept our general fast as appointed by conference, and my soul was enabled to cast all its little cares, both spiritual and temporal, on him that careth for me. May the Lord direct me how to act, so as to keep myself always in the love of God. I have lately been reading an account of Theodosius and his sons, with several of the ancient fathers, which also communicates much information relative to the eastern and western empires for about three hundred years, so long were idolatry and Arianism kept out of the Church of Christ. And while Chrysostom was bishop, an Arian church was burnt at Constantinople. But since that time, absolute, unconditional predestination has made its way into the Church, which nullifies all laws, human and divine. For if men cannot do otherwise than they do, why should any law inflict punishment for their crimes? Must quadrupeds be punished because they do not fly? How easily might men, believing this doctrine, 
ascribe their envy, malice, and most cruel inclinations to the effect of divine predestination, and conclude that their most malignant dispositions were eternally decreed, and therefore not to be conquered, but complied with, though they should produce the most pernicious and destructive consequences in human society. End of section 25. Recording by Brian Keenan.